Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. I know I need to be reminded of every once in a while, especially when it doesn't show on my face, and that is to be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful in your prayers. Don't only go to God and say, God, I need. God, I want. God, where are you? What are you doing? How come you're letting this happen? I mean, it's all right to pour those things out because even Jesus, I mean, okay. If it is wrong to ask a question of God and to say, God, where are you? If that is wrong, then Jesus sinned because he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So uh, before I get on to Thanksgiving, I, I want to encourage you to not be discouraged and think you can't pour out your complaint to God. I mean, then you need to follow it up with what Jesus said. What did he say following that? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I don't like this. Why are you forsaking me? Where are you? I don't see you. And I've been doing good things. And my goodness, Jesus did everything good. He did everything perfect. And he said, why am I having to do this? And by the way, I... I just have so many questions I, I want to ask up in heaven, but I don't know that I'll be concerned about them when I get there. But, you know, we talked about the other day, Jesus growing in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man growing in wisdom. So before he came to earth, I am assuming that he and the Father knew what he was doing and knew why he was going there. But he became a human being, but he was perfect. But even being perfect and having known ahead of time why he was going there, right now with the pain in his life, rejection of his own friends and with being uh, betrayed by his friend and, and about to go to the cross and be nailed there, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we might say, well, Jesus, you knew this was going to happen. So I'm telling you, if you get frustrated once in a while, don't let the devil beat you up. You say back to that devil, nevertheless, not my will, but his be done. I don't understand it, and it's a little bit frustrating right now, but God is God, and I'm going to let him be God, and we will win in the end. And then remember to be thankful. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Ah, have you not all experienced a relationship that has gone bad? And you go, what did I do? What did I say? Why are they treating me this way? What happened to them? 
Sometimes it ends up in a broken relationship. Sometimes it ends up in a broken family. Sometimes it ends up in a divorce. There's all kinds of things that happen. And yet with God, his love endures forever. No matter how we treat him, he still loves us. He still is hoping for us. Until the last breath that we die, he's giving his all on our behalf. What God wants us to do in giving praise to him in prayer is to be thankful. How long has it been since you got out of the general statement, God, I thank you for everything, and you've named some things specifically? God, thank you for bringing me through this tough time. Or how long has it been since you said, God, I don't know why this is happening, and this is real tough, but thank you for bringing me here because I know somehow you're going to work something good out of this. Something. I don't know it. Do we all wait until we see the answer before we thank God? Or do we trust God enough in our prayers to say, thank you, God, for what I'm going through, even though it's painful. And I don't know why I have to go through this. I'm thanking you for it because I know you're going to work out something good throughout this situation. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And while you're praying and giving thanks, remember to name names. Thank you for our pastor. Thank you for my friend. And name that person. Thank you for my wife. And let me ask you, gentlemen, if you said to God in your prayers tonight, I just want to thank you for my wife. I praise you for her. I love her so much. If God were to talk back to you, would he say, why don't you go tell her? Don't just keep it a secret between us. You go tell her. And if your wife were to hear you pray, would she say, I'd like to hear that once in a while myself? Or your husband. And I know cultures are different, and everybody has a little bit different way of doing things. But I'm saying that I believe the scriptures are telling us that when we become children of God, it transforms our spirit. It opens our heart to the good things that are happening around us and the people that are happening in our life. I told you the other day that I was so thankful for the family that took my brothers and sisters and me into their care in the city of Los Angeles when I was growing up and I was only 10 years old. And I never ceased to thank them. And I thanked them until the day that they died, and I still thank the brothers and sisters who are remaining. And we remain very close friends because I know I would not be here today if it weren't for them.
How long has it been since you thanked the person who told you about Jesus? Who thanked the person who first invited you to church? Or maybe even thanked the person who introduced you to your husband or your wife? Just think of the people in your life that maybe you have been taking for granted and then say, Lord, help me to be a more thankful person and express those thanks. Thank the Lord for his character. His love, as we said, endures forever. You know, we give up on one another too easily. We go, well, if that's the way they're going to act, I'm not going to be their friend anymore. If that's the way they're, they're going to act, I don't want to waste my time on it. Can you imagine God saying, if you're going to act that way, I'm not going to waste my time on you anymore. God's love endures forever. But many times... We are ungrateful. And you know how we develop an ungrateful heart? Even in our prayers, we complain a lot. Now, there's nothing wrong with bringing your complaints to God. But do your complaints outweigh your thanksgiving? Do they outweigh your praise to him? How to develop an ungrateful heart? Just complain about everything that bothers you. Frown a lot. Look down. Somebody says, well, that God will bring you through it. Well, I wished he would hurry up. I wished he would help. The scripture says, and I see it so wonderfully displayed here, address one another with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Those raise our hearts to a heart of thanksgiving. Give, thank, give thanks for everything that comes into your life. Submit to one another. And then be the kind of person, be the kind of person that someone else can say, oh, whenever I'm down or whenever I'm discouraged, I go to that person because they can lift me up. They can cheer me up. They can say, I'll be with you. I will be right there beside you and I will help you in every way that I can. Are you that kind of a person that people can go to, that people do go to? Give thanks for everyone that God brings into your life. Um, the scriptures talk so much about developing relationships. You know, you had Moses and Aaron and Paul and Silas and Paul and Timothy. And even among the disciples, though I don't know that it was wrong, Jesus talked about the disciple whom he loved. He had a special relationship with John. There was nothing wrong with that. 
He just related to him in a way that he didn't relate with some of the others. And I'm going to encourage you to develop relationships that inspire you and that help you. You know, um, in the book of Acts, Paul had a lot of struggles and a lot of travel trials and he had to go from place to place and he got kicked out of town and, and uh, he had to run for his life on many occasions. And yet he always had somebody who was there with him. Um, Paul said, I, I'm going to send Timothy to you because I don't know of anybody who cares more for you than he does. Would, would, would somebody look to you and look to somebody else and say, I'm going to send that person, you, to help him because I don't know of anybody who cares for people like you do. When Paul was going from shipwreck to shipwreck to shipwreck and traveling here and there, and finally he arrived in, in Rome in Acts chapter 16, I believe it is. It says that when he arrived in Rome, there were some who came down all the way from the Appian Way to see him. And in Acts, and in Acts chapter 16 and verse 33, here's how it is worded. Let me read it to you. <clears throat> I say Acts 16.33, and actually it's Acts 16.23. Okay. I believe if that's, well, I might have the wrong scripture here. So uh, let me go to 28, chapter 28. Let's go to chapter 28 and um, verse 16. Let's see here. <clears throat> oh, yes, here it is. It says in verse 15, the brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming and they traveled as far as the forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. You know, just some people that came out to see him, that came out to greet him. And it says that Paul was so happy, so happy to, to see him and to see them. Paul and Silas, that's where Acts 16 comes in, were in jail. And before the earthquake hit, it says that they were singing praises to God. Here they were. They had been beaten. They were left alone in the dungeon, guarded maybe by one guard, and they were in blood-soaked clothes, probably had chains on, and it says they were singing praises to God. They were thanking God even in the midst of their troubles. I remember, I remember um, a group of young people who were at a, a, a camp, and each of the young people were supposed to get together with another group of young people, and they were supposed to make a little skit. And with, with, uh, with that skit, without quoting scripture, 
the other young people in the audience were supposed to guess who they were trying to illustrate, what story they were trying to illustrate. And so these three or four young people just walked up on stage, I never will forget them, walked up on stage and they had chains on and they sat down. See, they couldn't, they couldn't give away what they were doing by saying, oh, my name is, but you were supposed to guess. So they sat down with chains on and then they began to sing. And they began to sing, if you're happy and you know it, rattle your chains. If you're happy and you know it, rattle your chains. Well, they just made up the song. But who did they guess they were illustrating? Paul and Silas, who it says, while they were in prison, they were singing praise to God. One of the great blessings that we have in gathering together in assemblies like this and in the 40 days that you're emphasizing so wonderfully how to pray, how to stop and meditate on God more than you usually do, is that we can sing praises to God. We can glorify God. We can call upon his name and know that he will hear us. Let me ask you some questions. Who are the people in your life that it's been a long time since you said thank you for? Who are the people that have influenced you? And maybe they don't even know it. Maybe it was a simple thing like, you know, I knew that every time I went to church, they would be there. I knew that every time they went to church, I could see them with a smile on their face. I knew that every time I was there, they would greet me. How long has it been since you've thanked God specifically for them? Thank you, God, for bringing this person into my life. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to experience your love through this particular person. I would like to read some scriptures to you that just talk about Thanksgiving in our prayers 1 Thessalonians is one of them that comes to my mind. It's 1 Thessalonians, and it's chapter 5 and verse 18. After saying, rejoice always and pray continually, he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> you and I may not like the circumstance we're in, Maybe it has to do with business. Maybe it has to do with school. Maybe it has to do with family relationships. But God said, still give thanks to him no matter what the situation is. Psalms, again, is so filled with, with passages of Scripture. And one that I've referenced oftentimes, and I want to read it to you again, because when my wife had her cancer and went through the 20-some surgeries that she went through and, and was unable to get up and about. She always kept a smile on her face. And when we would be on the bedside, because she wasn't able to get up out of bed the last several months, and I would lie down beside her and we would read scripture, we stumbled across Psalm 34. Because she had a hard time breathing 
It was very difficult with the cancer in her throat and the back of her neck. So we, would, we discovered this in the message translation, and we would read it regularly every night. Here's what it says. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. And she really radiated with that because she had a hard time breathing. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all of his goodness. Verse 11 says, Come, children, listen closely. I'll give you a lesson in God worship. Verse 14, Turn your back on sin. Do something good. Embrace peace. Don't let it get away. God keeps an eye on his friends. His ears pick up every moan and groan. Is anyone crying for help? God is listening and will rescue you, verse 17. And then if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble. Still, God is there every time, every time. And God was there every time for us. And though, as I've shared before, I didn't want my wife to have to suffer, and I certainly didn't want her to die. But she was resigned to God is good all the time. And whatever would happen, would happen. And so, as again I've shared oftentimes, when she was breathing her last, and we were gathered around her bedside, we sang the song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. And then as we finished singing, when we've been there 10,000 years, she passed away. And as I've shared again, my son stood up on his feet, having been kneeling by her bedside and said, Satan, we win, you lose. Go to hell where you belong. And I share that only again because I want you to know that as much as we miss her, and I miss her after 46 years of marriage, I know she is safe in the arms of Jesus, and I'm thankful that I can look forward to being together again, and I'm thankful that God is always faithful in his promises, and he will bring us together again. Amen. God bless you very much. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 706 332 
or 0776 579 679.